0: Just uh, it
1: all She's friend. <noise> ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lamez with the always like dil 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 dil
0: it, it does sound like the start of an engine. dil, dil, <vs> dil, dil, dil. Well, I'm sort of in just. You know, finish watching the Mexico Grand Prix and um, who won? Disorder. Who won? Spoilers. <laughs> it's how are you not a bigger fan of Grand Prix when a, a Dutchman is dominating the scene? He's so Dutch, but I reckon he's AI. I don't think he's even human, that man. He's uh, Fair enough. But he's not. So... Stappen. Yeah. Stappen. Is that how you pronounce it? I yeah. Mr. I'm sure we buy, Stappen, you can buy one Stappen from Aldi. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, we've got a guest guest, guest yeah. in here. Uh, he's he a just... very good friend of ours in the stand-up comedy world. Uh, relatively new to the scene, but he's been around and he's doing some fantastic work. Um, popping around everywhere recently, uh, smashing the gigs at the weekend at the Comics Lounge. Please welcome David Rowe. Hey, boys. Hello.
2: It, I thought it was Max Verstappen. Is he? I thought he was German. No, no, he's very much no. Dutch.
1: He's huge. Ah, if, you he's go Dutch. To the big, if you go to the big Grand Prix, everyone, which is always my favourite thing, is everyone at the Grand Prix, when he's uh, driving, uh, everyone just waves their orange flags. Have you seen yes. that? It's all, all yes. orange, all orange, all so orange. So it kind of orange. just
2: looks like he's constantly about to run a red light. So, the,
1: yeah. yeah, okay, okay. I see, I
2: see what you did there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, thanks for joining us, David Rose. Um, get it right off the bat. Can you hear us okay? Because
2: yeah, oh, is yes. this a deaf joke?
0: It's It was a deaf check-in. So let's, let's, check let's in. start. I like that yeah. one. Let's, let's just start off there. So you uh, have told uh, you you're deaf in one ear.
2: Yeah, completely deaf in my right ear. Completely. Since, uh, probably say, since birth, but we don't know.
0: Oh, okay, so, so as far as you can remember, there is no, um, you, you can't hear that uh, your right ear doesn't. like. So even if you put a headphones in, you can't hear anything?
2: Yeah, if I like blasted r- like really, really high volume music in my ear, I'd probably get like, uh, like I, I, it wouldn't You'd even hear the feel the bass. It wouldn't even Would feel you... like sound. No, nah, it's nothing. What it feels like, it literally feels like someone is sticking like a needle in my ear. It's just sensation. There's no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, wow. My brain doesn't even compute it as sound.
0: There's another comedian, Louis Garnum, who's also deaf. In one year, yeah.
2: You know I, what's it... so funny? Me and Louis have. Written an almost identical joke about um, about how when you you're deaf in one ear you can't tell um, you, you've never heard stereo music before. Mm-hmm. So I had a joke about not realizing that Ringo Starr was actually in the Beatles. I just thought he was he just hung out with them because I'd never heard the drums. And oh, he right. has a joke about Bohemian Rhapsody. He hasn't yeah. heard like half of Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Yeah, he doesn't even know he was a poor boy from a poor family. Yeah, right. so yeah, exactly. Wow. That's, so that's that's. that's, that's so, but are you both deaf in the same year? So could you could you do like a Richard Pryor <laughs> oh, <laughs> type yes. film and just
2: join? Yes! No, I mean, I thought he was deaf in the other ear because I think I've said to him before: if we walked down the street together, we'd be like one person.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you together just, you're just, a whole. Just so people understand that just, is, your reference was: here no evil, evil, see no Correct, evil, see no evil." Yeah, with Gene Wilder. Yeah. It is. Can I just say, I, I am. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch. That was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid, and <laughs> and uh, with that and Brewster's Millions, uh, I think it was those two. Uh, and but I assume, I, and I love it. I have not watched it in 25 years. I assume it's
0: aged poorly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I so many grades have pretty much not held up the test of time, but some. <laughs> I think it's okay to kind of enjoy it. In, 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 it was certain things. That it's yeah. okay to enjoy. Hey, but so, so, uh, David, do you know what it is? Have you ever had, looked into um, uh, hearing aids and things like that? We've never had a guest on with uh, this condition. So what's the condition
2: in the first place? It's called uh, unilateral hearing loss, which just, it just means deaf in one ear. That's all it okay. means. Okay. But for my particular hearing loss, I would have had to get a cochlear implant when I was like a little kid. Uh-huh. And by the time my parents found out I was deaf in one ear, it was kind of too late because I kind of didn't tell anyone. Um, and then when I was like seven. Well, you seven, couldn't
0: speak. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it, yeah. so
1: it, it didn't affect your speech growing up?
2: No, not at all. Okay. okay. But when right. I was like seven, I went to the beach with my mum and my sister uh-huh. and my mum put a seashell up to my ear and she said, oh, you know, listen, you can hear the ocean. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, I can't hear in that ear. And she uh-huh. went, what? Because she's also deaf. <laughs> she's and, um, <laughs> then she uh, took me to an audiologist and that's how they found out. So I'd already known for years before that, like when, when I was in kindergarten, way before I told anyone about it, I already knew I was deaf in one ear because I used to ask the other kids, like, oh, are you deaf in one ear too? And because kids yeah. are kids, they all just went, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm deaf in one ear.
0: Right. They just wanted to fit in. <laughs> and, but
1: it's, yeah, also, exactly. it's also, it's I found it find it fascinating where it's like, because as a kid you just adapt to it so you just go well that's just the way i am mm. did you ever think to say hey i can't hear out of that ear or it was just like you didn't know any different
2: oh 100% i literally thought when i was a child that the world was broken up into people who could hear in both ears and people who could hear in one ear i just yeah, thought yeah, that yeah, like yeah, yeah, a right. certain i just thought about half the population could only have one ear working cuz yeah you just assume it's normal why wouldn't you
0: Right, because so, again, if, if you're born with it as a child and you've not known any different, it would take quite some time before you 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 even like would verbalize it. Going, you know what I mean? Because it's just all you've ever known.
1: Because because sometimes, usually, correct me if I'm wrong, David, is like sometimes uh, like I've seen it with friends where the kids have grommets, so their ears are blocked when they grow up, mm. and they've got to get their ears cleaned out. But sometimes you don't know that because when you're little, like it's really hard. You have to go in really deep and you have to have, you, know, you have to re- research that and go, oh, I think my kid's got grommets. And then what happens is that their speech develops um, actually a lot slower because they can't hear clearly. To but if you're hearing your- clearly one out of one ear and the other one, then you wouldn't be able to detect it because the parents would be able to detect it because you're just talking and developing normally as a normal kid.
2: Yeah. My parents had in retrospect, like little clues, but Th- they didn't realize at the time that that would that they were hearing related. So like when I when I was a kid and my mother would be out in the garden and I'd yell out like, where are you? And she'd say, I'm here. And I'd be like, where? I can't find you. And I'd get really distressed. And she just thought I was overly attached. You know, she mm. didn't realize that I was actually like, I can't fucking find you. I don't know right, where you are. Because right, right, I right, have no right. echolocation. If, a, if yeah. uh, someone drops a pan at the comics lounge and I'm on stage, I literally can't even see... I can't even point to that part of the audience and be like, "Oh, what's happening over there?" I don't what's, know where it's coming from. Who's bringing a pan to the audience?
0: What? What <laughs> no, kind of sorry. cooking demonstration comedy are you doing there? No, but I
1: always I love like the idea that how comical it's a bit like faulty towers.
0: Yeah, yeah, pans exactly.
2: everywhere.
0: Is <laughs> it dinner and show? What What do you mean, pan, David? Rose? Well, you
2: know, like if you someone's like, bringing like out food or saucer. something and drops something.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah, like a source like that.
1: thing sound, ding, 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 ding. Like you go, oh, that's that's behind me. But for you, it could be fucking anywhere. Yeah, well- that's
2: why I hate crowd work. If unless it's the front row, because I'm like, and people who yell out, I never, I can never tell what they're saying.
0: Yeah, so okay, let's go step by step. So, I'd be, this str- is a perspective- I'd be in trouble if that was the case.
1: Huh? <laughs> I'd be in trouble if that was the case for me. <laughs>
0: Get the crowd working. <laughs> hey, uh, what tell us though, like, so this is obviously a perspective that you know we're privileged enough to not know about. So, music is one obviously that has just come up, right? And obviously, not having that stereo uh, perception of things. Uh, which obviously will impede your enjoyment of movies and stuff like that. but then again, you've never really known otherwise so that's one. Yeah. What else has this have what, what has this become a problem for in other areas like whether is it driving or anything like that but also uh, when is it when what are
2: the positives of
0: it if there are some driving what, what well you yeah know?
2: you know what I always get asked this about driving but then I tell people like I've had an Uber. Where the driver was deaf i got a alert oh, yeah. on my phone when i booked the Uber, and it said your driver is completely deaf which i always am like how does that work because if there's a if there's a siren or something
0: yeah that's beeping. why that's why the lights i suppose as well go with the hearing that's fascinating because i have had a deaf uber driver as well and it gives you that alert saying hey you know th- this person is deaf uh,
2: and then you I- immediately cancel the ride well, no. I was
0: curious. I needed to know. Uh, I did cancel the ride when they said your driver is actually dead, and I was like, oh yeah, probably everyone wanted to do this job. So okay. So driving doesn't impact you, but even like depth perception, uh, depth perception with terms of trams or you know things like that. Any any impeding there?
2: Yeah. So the things I used to get a lot as a kid, which really used to piss me off, was I'd have teachers say, um, "Tell me what you missed." And I'm like, well, if I'm if I knew what I missed, I wouldn't have to tell you. So there's things like there's things I'm not even aware of missing that would be common for you guys. Like yeah. I, I watch all my films with subtitles on because if I go see a movie in the theater and then uh-huh. I watch it again a couple of months later on the TV, it's a completely different movie to me because half the dialogue I've either misunderstood or just not
1: Right because I totally understand because I recently got my hearing uh, tested at Costco. Yes, we've and... talked about this. <laughs> about this. And that is and... a real thing. Yeah, that's I can recommend
2: thing. that as the elite service yeah, for hearing in Australia.
1: Uh, David at Costco at Southbank. Uh, Doc Lance, good work, David. Um, And Aaron. Anyway, so I got a test and I've lost uh, quite a substantial amount of um, high frequency hearing in my left yeah, that's, ear.
2: That's very normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so, and so that happens over time. Mine's just increased because of damage because i used to wear an earpiece uh in my left ear um when i uh, used to work in the big reality show no, so it was just no, very it's very... it's
2: probably uh, sorry to interrupt it's probably more to do with the fact that you do stand-up because you're around these huge sound systems every night like st- uh, my really audiologist just... told me he was like you should be wearing musicians headphones on stage you should be wearing <laughs> what Coldplay wear when they play <laughs> wembley
1: can you imagine rocking up to stage just like with noise cancelling yeah, with, with a
2: monitor on and then you know blocking one ear so you can get the right pitch for your for your comedy.
1: Oh,
0: I just love the idea. You're like,
1: "Oh, I can't hear them laughing. I'll just assume that was another round of applause."
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's blissful ignorance in a way, selective hearing. But the thing
1: I struggled with is uh, that um my I don't hear the indicator on the car. So sometimes I turn the corner and the indicator doesn't clear. I just don't hear it. And then my partner's mm-hmm. like, hey, the indicator's still on. Like all that kind of stuff. Have you had issues? The one example I have is the, all the tricks you have to come up with. So I, I went on tour with Lewis Garden and I was like. Um, you just call him Lewis
0: Garden? Because we no. should probably get your ears checked.
2: Yeah,
1: Lewis Garnham. Yeah, okay.
2: It's cool. his. Uh, it's his Savage Garden cover band. The, yeah. garden. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I, I remember, and then he. But then I just noticed that like, we were sitting down for dinner, and he's like, oh, "Can I sit on that side?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, sure." And he's like, "Yeah, because then I can hear the conversation." He goes, "If I sit on the other side, at the other end of the table, I would just, I literally will not know
2: what's going on."
1: Do you have many of those kind of tricks of the trade? Yeah. Yeah, I, really should, I, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really should sit down with Lewis and, uh, swap notes. Cause yeah, well, I do that too. And it's funny when you're at like a party with a group of people, like a mm. dinner party, you will unconsciously go, okay, I kind of, I want to hear Dylan and Ben the most. So I'm going to sit near them. And then I want to hear, you know, Karen the least. So I'll, you know, you sort of do a little sort of, uh, feng Stop shui that. in your head or whatever you move people around based on how much you're interested in them oh wow Righto. yeah i'll tell you what tell you what works in terms of benefits that mm. used to work when i was single is going on a date with someone where you'd go to like a bar or something and you'd say oh, i actually have to sit next to you so i can hear you properly and there was just sort of a immediate intimacy there oh.
0: right so you're forced to lean in like a creep Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Okay. So that's everyone who's here for the the techniques, like the game or whatever. Pretend to be deaf. Great. Yeah.
2: (laughs) No. Not fully deaf. Never go full deaf.
0: Never go full deaf. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. But do you have because I grew up? I don't know if you, if,
1: you. Do you know many deaf people or people? Like
0: with hearing impairments, uh, hearing not really. We lived in a house that was right on the main road, and it was really loud. So we shouted a lot as a family to con- <laughs> like so, just, no, just just to con just to converse. That we reckon my auntie and my mum and stuff they're all deaf because they've just been yelling at each other for so long.
1: Because I I grew up so a very close family friend of ours, um, he was born deaf. And so he was uh, two years younger than me. So we used to go and play dates all the time. Now, we, used to, we learned a bit of sign language or uh, 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 was it, you know, is it Aus sign language? Or, um, Auslan? Auslan. Auslan, thank you. And then well, I remember growing up, but what was fascinating was he, it was always expected back in the 80s that he would just go to the deaf school, which is located still uh, in St Kilda in Melbourne. And I remember um, our family friend wanted him to go to a normal school. And so he was the first deaf kid to ever attend the normal school. But it was so fascinating because then, like, the school took a real proactive approach to it, right? They were like, hey, uh, we want, I'm going to use his real name, Simon, and we want Simon to feel uh, comfortable. So then we all got um, Auslan, um, like, lessons, and I remember um, Simon was just like really struggled because he just wanted to be a normal kid and play soccer. And then just like kid after kid was like, let me practice. Let me practice with you. Let me practice. He's like, yes, you live on a street. Yeah, I get it. Oh, next person, you live in a house. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It just drove him bad shit crazy, right? And I and I remember because I remember because it was normal for me, but with with um, Simon, we'd um when we were like playing, as he could lip read so amazingly well. Mm. So the whole point of it was like it wasn't really about the signing. It was just that you know you would have to just enunciate very very clearly. Now, if anyone knows me, I'm not very good at that anyway. <laughs> so quite often there'd be like this classic misunderstanding between um. Simon and I, and it's like, and I just bumped into it, but like life just changed for him as he explained when smartphones came along, he said it just changed everything for him. Cause growing up in the eighties, he had to write everything down if people couldn't understand him. And now with text messaging and just like, um,
2: like- you can pass as a uh, regular person through emails and stuff like that. Yeah. No one needs to know. You don't have to bring it up. So if you're a professor or something and you're doing most of your work, through text yeah it's not an impediment at all
1: it's i just yeah. found that fascinating that, that 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 has just made his life so much easier and i just remember you know for you know just what what is on offered now for people who are deaf um is is a lot more than what it was and again i guess maybe that's across you know with NDIS and all that kind of jazz it's really a lot more than it ever was before but i just like i, I looked at him now i was like wow like, you know, you, you, you're you amazing. And and then also the same thing. Just, I, you know, I didn't have to sign. I just had to be really clear with my enunciation. So, uh, if so you do slippery. need to sign
2: someone uh, who's deaf now, you can just do it on, literally just do a video call. Like this, like Zoom has been revolutionary. Only, if, deaf, you can-
1: right? only if your camera's working. <laughs> I the camera. Well, yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, if you didn't try for those listening camera, at did. the moment, David's camera isn't working. So, David, then something interesting that you mentioned before was about how your mom thought that you know you were just a like anxious kid or whatever, because uh, because it, it wasn't recognized as that you just couldn't hear her. Um, now, fast forward now to what what age are you now? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. And how and so twenty eight. Um, what were you doing at twenty eight? dude? me I was crushing the comedy game (laughs) wow you could tell where pots and pans were
2: falling every night at the lounge
0: yeah I was doing crowd work with, with spoons um the uh David what was the what was uh you talk quite openly on stage about uh your your mental health and the medications you're on um what has, when was it that you first went on medication? Uh, how long ago was it and what was
2: it for? That was uh, maybe like five, six years ago. I used to smoke a lot of weed in high school. And uh-huh. then um, one time I did this gig actually out in the Dandenong Ranges where I grew up. And afterwards, someone gave me some weed and I took it home and smoked it and basically lost my mind for a night. Like whoa, it was whoa, the craziest experience of my let's life.
0: Go, let's go step by step. So, you, this was, you'd already started doing comedy.
2: Yeah, I start doing comedy, and it's Had in you the hills. Weed Everyone's yeah, yeah, quite
0: a lot. Oh, so as a kid, you smoke fa- fairly a fair a fair bit. As a
2: teenager, not teenager. as a child.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, yeah. I know weed helps with glaucoma. I don't know if it clears <laughs> definitely.
2: Yeah, I could just I could hear amazingly when I was high. But but,
1: but you're you're <laughs> but when you're a teenager, it's just like you know, it's like classic teenage, like group of blokes, you know. Chopping up a mix, smoking big bongs, that kind of shit. Yeah,
2: exactly. And you don't like to be honest. I'm not even sure I enjoyed it, but it was social. So you just do it. It was just everywhere, righto. Yeah. So just, you then have you I ever do had a gig. bong deal.
0: Have you ever had a bong? I had I had a bong when I first came to Australia, like within the first <laughs> week or so, I think. Um, well, I had a I think I've had a few bongs, but a lot of the times I was drunk already, so I didn't really, really vibe it. You know what I mean? But it's
1: also looked very dirty. Oh, I just can't imagine like post-COVID the people doing it now. Yeah,
0: something about, but but, yeah. Uh, But yeah. So so go on. So you never felt like it was a dependency or anything like that. It was just something that socially happened a lot.
2: Yeah. Okay. So then,
0: so then you go.
2: And then I do this gig. This guy gives me some weed. I go home. I'm still living at this point.
0: At this point, are you still sort of regularly smoking?
2: No, No, no. So
0: you'd stop for a while.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. So my my tolerance is already way lower. Uh-huh. And then um, go home. My mother and my sister are watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I go out the front yeah. and smoke this joint. And I used to smoke joints that my my friend used to grow his own weed. So it was right. like you'd smoke a whole joint, and it would be like having a beer. Right. I smoked this whole thing, and in the, the two minutes it took to walk back inside, literally. Couldn't have told you my name. Couldn't have told you where I was. Just wow. everything disappeared. So it was and... just
0: this crazy strain, is it? Yeah. No? But it's, but also it
1: could have just been grown, you know, with shitloads of, you know, fertilizer, and then it's, you know, just shoved light in a cupboard. That stuff is potent as fuck. mm like hydroponic stuff is just like
0: hello <laughs> <laughs> well i so, because obviously i don't understand the nuance like the, the differences in how it's done or whatever but there's basically stronger weed than non-stronger weed
2: yeah it's probably the dif- it's like you know a Seven Eleven iced coffee versus a like elite barista coffee
0: right so this was an elite barista weed yeah Right, right. And so you thought, okay, yeah, one one whole joint, I'm fine with normally, so I'll do the same. And in two minutes you feel,
2: what are you feeling? Uh, just terror, like absolute unmitigated. I, I mean, really what it was was probably like ego death, what they talk about with like mushrooms and things.
0: Yeah, so I thought that usually only happens with mushrooms. I didn't realize that we'd yeah, have... You can't hold
1: the- on to a thought. You just go. like You, just, you feel like you're mm. going crazy because you can't hold on to a thought. So therefore, if you can't hold on to a thought, then what the fuck are you?
0: <laughs> right, And you
2: can't differentiate between yourself and the thought. That's terrifying as well, where just yeah. whatever's in your head is you for that second. So I ran downstairs to my mother and my sister who were watching television in my underwear, bear in mind, because I was about to go to bed and apparently was just white as a ghost and just said, look, I've smoked some weed and I need help. And then just sat there basically shivering and crying for the next eight hours in front wow. of the television
0: eight hours you reckon that was impacting you
2: yeah and the next day i eventually got to bed the next day i woke up and had my first panic attack
0: okay and what did that panic attack look like
2: well at the time i just thought it was a hangover from the weed but it was like Uh couldn't breathe couldn't think, uh felt just terrified of everything but couldn't even leave the room kind of thing hyperventilating and that went on after that that happened probably three or four times a day for a year. Whoa. Yeah. So goodness. I would be driving, I would be holy, driving up the Eastern holy. freeway in the car, um, in my mother's car, because I was still doing comedy and literally having to remind myself of like who I was. Cause I was panicking that much. I was being like, you're David Rose, you're in a car, you're driving to a gig. You're not crazy. You're, would, you're a person. And would you oh, have God. panic
1: attacks because you're worried about having panic attacks? I've heard this before.
2: I don't think I would have I would have been able to put it in that terminology, but you're right. That's what it was.
1: So you're just like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose it. And then it's you thinking you're going to lose it actually pushes you to just lose it.
0: Yeah. I used to have that with erectile dysfunction. Like, <laughs> it's honestly, I'd be going fine, and then suddenly just go, oh, I hope you don't go soft. And I'm like, wait, why do you think that? And now all I'm thinking about is going soft. That and is just, very common though. That yeah. is very common. But I'm just I'm just trying to relate to the situation where I suppose similarly, <laughs> similarly oh, yeah.
1: the just more you think existential about Existential crisis while
0: driving, I kilometres, to go down say, Oh, come on, stay stiff. <laughs> well, I'm I'm I mean, I'm doing a bit of driving myself in that moment, aren't <laughs> I? I don't know how many kilometers space that I was going at. But but the point being, the point being is it almost was like it's a non it's not an issue, and then suddenly you start thinking about the potential of that issue and then it happens because it's almost hmm. like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But yeah, it you- goes from
2: being a non-issue of my life to the only thing I'm thinking about every day.
0: Yeah. So oh, tell me really then helpful. in terms of like, you said, reckon three or four times a day for a year?
1: Yeah, about that. You wouldn't be able to hold down a job or anything.
2: No, so luckily I was at uni and I was doing a work from home gig. So I actually was, it was just about doable. I was also in law school, which is its own stress, but uh, it took about a year to get in to see a psychologist and then probably another couple of months to get on medication.
0: Just in case there's a person listening out there who might be going through what you're going through but hasn't labeled it yet. So go through again what these three to four times a day look like. It was difficulty breathing and like- how I think long it's would different learn- for
2: everyone. For me, it was sure. a lot of, they call it racing thoughts. So- oh, well- I, all this, all of the symptoms are things that in other situations are good. You know, it's like when you go to the gym and your muscles burn afterwards. That's a great feeling. It's, but yeah. if that started happening while you're just sitting down, yeah, that's yeah. terrifying yeah, yeah, you yeah, go to the yeah. doctor. So like when you're adrenalized, you feel like when you're a, excited like a, for a, something, your thoughts are racing, your heart's beating fast, you, you find it difficult to breathe. But then you get hyper fixated on those. And so you start... It's an endless feedback loop. So then you start going, why is my heart doing that? And then the more you focus on it, the more your heart starts beating faster uh-huh. and so on and so on.
0: So is there, is there a, for you, are you able to differentiate between the, that feeling, the adrenaline rush or, and being on stage, the adrenaline rush? Like as in, or is it just like, oh, I should usually feel this if I'm on stage, but I'm feeling it now while I'm just seated. Is that
2: what it yeah. is? So a lot of it is context. If you're sitting there and then for no reason you suddenly your heart starts galloping, right. Once you've had enough, once you've done enough mindfulness, I found mindfulness really helpful, and also just learning learning what it is is actually just was the biggest watershed moment when I actually read the textbook definition of anxiety. Uh Then I went, oh, okay, I've got a thing. I'm not just mental. Like I've got a thing that other people have,
0: right? Right. Yeah. There's a bit of understanding around what's happening to you, and you're not. You don't feel as alone. And yeah, so, exactly, what do you, uh, So, how does what does mindfulness mean to you?
2: Well, the the part of mindfulness that I initially found really rewarding, especially with mitigating panic attacks, is just focusing on your breathing. When you, when you commit to just focusing on what's happening in the moment, but you do it from a place of not judging whatever's happening. Uh-huh. I, it's anxiety is uh, right. a lot of judgment. It's why is my brain doing this? Why is my body doing this? What kind of a fucking idiot has a panic attack in the middle of the day? And so on and, right. so, on and so on. Whereas mindfulness right. is, hey, isn't that interesting that this is happening? Let's just watch this for a while.
1: I, I totally agree with that. Um, and I, I totally understand that because I feel like, you know, it's because your mind's racing. Like I sometimes feel like I, I have had a panic attack before, and it's been awful. But I, it was that thing where I was I felt like, I feel I push myself into having one. But then sometimes when I do feel somewhat anxious, it really it that's that so you know, sort of six seconds in, six, six seconds out. And they always say you take a deep breath in, and deep breath out, and just sit with it. It does actually change how you feel, both you know mentally, but also probably physically as well. Like, but like, it's so funny to say that because in that moment there is no judgment when you're breathing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and well, I, I remember when I did. Like- oh, sorry, when I did the Headspace app, I remember the, they said like just think of thoughts as you're you're sitting on the side, standing on the side of the road, and just watching the traffic, and you're just noticing. Oh, that's a red car. Oh, that's a green one of, car. One of your thoughts just hits the curve and just takes you out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the 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 lesson being that it's not about judging what, what is in front of you. You're just literally just taking stock of going, oh, okay, I just thought about that. Oh, okay, yep, yep that, that worry has just kicked in. Like, we, talked, just...
1: we talked about it before, David, that like, you know, Dylan and I both do different types of meditation. But the, the one that, that gets to me at the moment is is that I do a lot of chanting. And so just the vibrations while I do it is like, that's all I can feel here and concentrate on. So therefore I'm not worrying about anything else. I just couldn't be any more present when I'm going like, like stuff like that. So do you do yeah, that anything, every day?
2: Anything that can lock you into focusing on your, whatever the stimuli is, anything that's not just a constant stream of thoughts is very helpful. I don't do it every day and I should. And when I don't do it, I feel worse for it.
0: So what? So your meditation is just that noticing thing—the mindfulness of just like noticing the thoughts you're having. Is it like yeah, time? I use,
2: Sam Harris has an app called Waking Up, which yep. is really really good, and uh, it kind of ta- it go, it does mindfulness, but from a sort of more secular perspective. Uh huh. There's yeah. not as much sort of woo-woo in it because I used to live down the road from a monastery, and uh-huh. I used to go there sometimes to meditate, and I enjoyed it. But it was there was a lot of pomp and circumstance. Uh, pomp and circumstance. What's the what's the phrase? Pomp and I don't actually know this
1: phrase. No, I do. It is. It's pomp and...
2: Not pomp and circumstance. No, it's, you know definitely, I mean. not,
1: but no, it's definitely not that. Um, oh, I wish I could join in uh, here. It's, this this feels and, like a new... And I, it's, it's, I feel like that's with it. Pumpernickel? Pump Claire. <laughs> yeah,
2: there was a lot of pumpernickel involved. It was a German yeah. monastery. Right, great. A lot of old guys <laughs> who hadn't been to Europe since 1945.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there was felt a little bit too, uh, too much on the spiritual side of things rather than just the scientific element of it but so with the sam harris waking up app something that i've I've actually i used it for a bit during the pandemic as well i really enjoyed i i actually enjoyed the elements of buddhism that he did bring into certain pump and ceremony and
2: ceremony
0: ceremony. is that a p-o-m-p pump yeah very different to the 50 cent song okay and so i um I also, remember, like in the Buddhism stuff that he brought in, especially around the concept of uh, loving kindness. Did you come across that one when uh, one of the sessions? Where- loving
2: kindness is, um, yeah, it's it's revolutionary. It's uh, uh,
0: yeah. So tell us for for the for the listeners who don't know what loving kindness is. What share your thoughts on
2: it? Well, insofar as I understand it, at least it's 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 deliberately sort of bringing on the feeling of love and um, respect and and kindness that you have for people that you're close to in your life. And then consciously extending that feeling to others. So you start with someone that you have uh, just positive associations with, like Mm -hmm. a a parent or a lover or whatever it is. And then you, you think you try and generate that feeling that you have for them. And then you try and think about someone you have neutral feelings for. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the goal is to extend that feeling to everyone. Even people you actively who have wronged
0: you or yeah Yeah. for you slighted you yeah i found it very powerful i found that uh, the middle tier where you think about someone who um is not that close to you like i think you use the word neutral and then just imagining them getting everything they ever wanted and all the happiness and all the joy and you know those and it's unbelievable it's almost like a cheat code like a hack in a way how good you feel at the end of it because you have removed because because what I enjoyed about that exercise was that their benefit or the joy bring coming into their life does not actually relate to me. So, for example, if I think of good things happening to my partner, Maddie, uh, in specifically the things that are that she's going through or whatever, it directly impacts me. Do you know what I mean? If she gets this thing, then that will make her happy or whatever. Whereas when you extend it to someone that isn't connected to you and you still feel good, that's when I was like, "Wow, this is like a fucking magic bullet there. You know what I mean? because you're doing it with
2: people that you that either have wronged you or you dislike in some way it really it makes the half-life of those negative emotions a lot shorter it's really difficult to to maintain it actually takes effort to maintain active contempt but kindness is is it can become the default setting yeah. If you if you practice it. If you practice
0: it. I think that's the key part is that if people try it once and give up or twice and give up it, then then you've kind of missed the the point of it, which is that anything in life, you have to kind of, you know, uh get better at it. You're not gonna be as good on day one. So if someone's wronged you, let's say even like in a heinous way, it's you know you you almost think of it as is a, a 10 year timeline before you actually can forgive that person right mm. but but i think you just start small you start with the people you do care about then you move on to the people that are neutral and then slowly start thinking about you know kindness towards those who have uh you know affected you in a negative way
1: and and it comes it comes easy it comes a lot easier to to some people who are you know, emotionally connected with themselves or you know, have a level of emotional intelligence. And I reckon that, that exercise, I really love that exercise. I, I do it, I try to do it nearly every second day and in mix my in my meditation because you have that moment, you're like, I love this person. Now I'm going to transport it across to the dental assistant who who's helping my dentist. You know what I mean? Like just mm. trying to yeah. make it as a neutral person as possible and go, I hope they get everything they want their love the joy the, mm. the feeling that i have towards my kids like all that kind of stuff mm. it's, yeah it's it's easier it's
0: yeah it's it's, it's harder it's, it's harder interesting you. you talk about the person who in your life who is you know having to learn about empathy that could be 10 like 30 people in comedy right <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry David, you were going to say something
2: i think with with all of these things can you guys still hear me yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The more important, can
0: you,
1: can you hear you hear, the, you hear the washing machine? Can I, hear you? can I have my washing machine in the background? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's on the right-hand side, so he's
0: fine.
2: You know what's funny? Sorry, this is off topic, but my grandmother, I remember when she got hearing aids, she lived next to a freeway. She put them in and then went, she like realized she lived next to a freeway. She said, it's so, loud here. <laughs> so she just took them back out. She never used them. That's
0: yeah, great. wow. I love it. Um, so, yeah, sorry, David, you were going to say
2: something. What, what I was going to say is I don't think the goal is to not experience... The negative emotions because those also exist for a reason but it's it's cutting down the there's a phrase sam harris uses a lot is the half-life of negative emotions it's it's m- m- taking the experience of disgust or anger or contempt or whatever it is from mm. being a 10 minute experience to a 10 second experience, right? You'll still feel it, but it's, right. it, you're making a choice and it's a story you tell yourself. So that's one of the things I learned with anxiety. What I realized about my own brain was that I was the most boring person in the world to myself. Like if I had a friend who would talk to me the way my own brain talks to me, I wouldn't hang out with that guy. Cause he just tells you the same thing over and over again. We're what your anxiety on. does is go, hey, remember that time you screwed up. Remember that stupid thing you said? Hey, uh you, no one likes you, you're never gonna find love, whatever it is. And then you just run these three or four narratives on repeat over and over again. And if I one time I actually counted how many times a day I told myself the same thing, I realized it was like a hundred times a day. I was saying the same dumb stuff to myself. Wow. And so and meditation allows you to just see that and then cut that shit out, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. You've already told yourself that or you've already felt that bad thing. Move on.
0: Yeah. Right, right. It's almost like an acceptance of going, yeah, well, big deal. Like, it's almost like rather than letting it fester and give it more oxygen by fixating on it, you see it come through and you're like, oh, there you are. You yeah, know?
1: And, D- mm-hmm. and Dylan and I have spoken about this before, but the, the technique I use quite often I, I that does happen a lot to me. It's like, you know, why not this and why not that? And then you sort of play as like, I should have done this, I should have done this and should's the worst because you can't, you can't change anything you can't change the past um and then i what i always do is it's like whatever the thought is it's really annoying i think about a thought and then i literally go gone it's just gone and then i just say gone and it does go and it took me a while to be able to do that but just sometimes i just go nah yep okay is that how you're feeling great
0: oh okay cool gone don't think about yeah, it again. Wow. you thought about it move on i like that and and just sort of circling back to that that bad experience with weed so you you reckon that one incident triggered all these existing things that were sort of maybe bubbling up or do you reckon it actually caused it
2: no i don't think it i don't think it did anything that wasn't already going to happen we you and i talked about this about covid being an accelerator for things yeah it didn't rev- it didn't create problems but it it did reveal fault lines and and yeah. widen them Th-
0: things that would have appeared down the track got showed up quicker. So whether it was housemates splitting up or relationships ending or people getting pregnant or whatever, it just COVID seemed to get people moving quicker, you know, towards that particular thing.
2: And I have a family history of this stuff. My great-grandfather, he actually ended up in a, um, well, I think what was then called like a sanitarium or something, because he basically had a nervous breakdown when he was about 45. And to be honest, I'm pretty thankful that that experience happened to me in my early 20s because i would be much more scared of being like in your position ben where you've got kids and you've got a wife and you've got real responsibilities and then suddenly you snap and you're dealing with intense mental trauma Mm. and you've got responsibilities to other people it's a lot easier to have your breakdown in your 20s
1: Right. Yeah. If you if yeah if you're that fortunate, unfortunately for a lot of people that that isn't the case. And then, but then there's pros and cons to that as well. Because then if you are in a loving, caring relationship, you know you've got a partner that then supports you, then they can help you through it. But it's a very, very again, I have uh, close friends who you know the, the, their partner is still to this day uh, is in and out of institutions, and it's no, it's no fault. It's a it's a chemical imbalance that you know it's something they have to live and work with But she wasn't aware when uh, they got together that this ultimately would occur later on in their life. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, that what's interesting is the empathy and the support uh, that he gets from his children, which is absolutely amazing because they've had to, you know, they have had to live and will continue to live with a partner who, um, you know, has, has quite substantial mental health issues. It's, it's just like the nice thing now is you'd like to think in 10 years time, even then, there's still a high level of stigma associated with it. That maybe give it another ten years, another twenty years, that it is just as normal as someone who um, can't use their left arm or um, is, you know, deaf in one ear. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. at the moment now, it's just it. And 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 I'm not saying that it does not take its toll uh, on a relationship, let alone a family. Uh, it, it's huge. But, you know, to be able to live with it and sometimes even come through with it, it's, it's pretty amazing. But, you know, well, the, you're lucky. your, your mum was there to help.
2: Yeah, exactly. And Buffy was there on TV, so everything <laughs> worked out. The, the thing that I was going to say is that um, talking about it, people seem, because there's still so much stigma around it, people seem to think when you're talking about it, you're in crisis when you're bringing it up, which right. couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. If you're talking about it, you're probably doing okay because you're able to talk about it. like dylan and i did a gig last night and this woman came up to me afterwards and said you know are you okay i just want to check with you because you're j- joking about depression and suicide and oh I wanted yeah to say i like- saw
0: that woman because i came out remember saying goodbye to this other guy who came to say thank you and then she walked up to them. And i assumed she was just someone part of the venue asking are you okay packing up or whatever
2: no, she was asking about, you know, are you mentally okay? And I sort of yeah. wanted to be like, if I wasn't okay, I wouldn't have just gotten on stage and told a room full of people.
0: Yeah. I would so have, do, been, does,
2: I would have does, been at home. I wouldn't have even gone out.
0: Right. Right. Because I was going to say, how do you feel about that? Because you, it is a nice thing that people care, right? But there's also an element of it going, yeah, as you said, like, oh, I, I, I'm not going to be flippant about it. Like, in fact, uh, it, if you truly understood how bad it can get, you know that stand-up comedy wouldn't be possible if you're not yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 totally. Like at least, so yeah. How do you feel when people show that care and concern, knowing that it's coming from a good place?
2: It comes from a good place, but it is sort of similar to the people to the teachers who used to say, "If you've missed anything in class, tell me what you've missed."
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, it's so just,
2: there's there's a moment there where people haven't fully considered. The implications of what they're saying but it comes from a good place and I'd, I'd much prefer that to some guy coming up to you afterwards and calling you a slur for talking about your mental health because somehow that's gay you know it's it's oh. uh, we're in a better world right i'd rather yeah. live in this world than the alternative
0: okay then uh to finish us up the two questions and one have you smoked weed since and two uh, how long have you uh, how, tell us your experience with medication? Like, so when did you first get on them, and where are you at with them now? So, three questions really.
2: Haven't smoked weed since I used to actually just have panic attacks being in the room, uh, being in the room with the the smell of weed. It got oh, to that wow. point. So it's um, like uh,
0: people having aversion to like a bad night on tequila. Just the smell of it makes them vomit. That's extended. exactly. Yeah. Wow.
2: I I'm now okay with that. In fact, I did this show in in New York and they, they booked me for it and they said it was a green show. And I didn't really know what that meant. I kind of thought it meant the comedians were all kind of new. <laughs> it was for Adam Banton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought it was, yeah. Or environmentalists. I get there and everyone is high. Like, and there's no booze in there. People are in the front row, like ripping bongs during your set and blowing the smoke at you.
0: Wow. And, and so did you get passive high?
2: No, I didn't, but I, 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 did it, I did it twice. The first time I did it, I actually like left it. I said, "I oh, sorry, I can't do this. Uh, this is not for me because mm. um, I was feeling so anxious. But then I came back a couple of years later and was able to sort of stick through. And that was kind of a watershed moment for me. Oh, okay, I can be around it again. Okay. I'm not interested yeah. in smoking it. but
1: <laughs> Just love it like a night like that is still around. Yeah, clearly.
0: Green. It's better than bin night. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when you bring out your shitest
2: gags and try to get <laughs> totally. them out um
1: a, a medication what, are you, are you, do you feel comfortable yeah, so, i got
2: heckled the other night someone asked me someone in the crowd started yelling out what they took which i thought was quite funny um <laughs> i'm on show um, us your meds <laughs> i'm on or zoloft so i take uh, 100 milligrams a day which is like a moderately high dose um And I've been on it for a while. It's probably at this point, it's probably not something I need. But I take it to mitigate the physical side of anxiety more than anything else. I find it's really good at dampening down the physical side of panic attacks, like the elevated heart rate and things like that.
0: Right. Okay. And so I've probably
2: done enough work on my brain that if I went off of it, it wouldn't. I wouldn't collapse. I'd probably just be slightly more uncomfortable.
0: So that's what I was going to ask is was like, oh, I think I asked was it like, how long before you recognize you need medication? Because that's something, again, that a lot of people, myself included, for years was resistant to mental health medication because it, um, I mean, I, I, I'm not on, lucky enough not to be on any at the moment, but I know I had stigma around it in my mid-20s when I've uh, heard someone who was on mental health medication. i would be like, oh, you know. I've got to be careful around them or all, all that bullshit. Do you know what I mean?
2: Mm. It feels like a crutch. And there is a part of you that feels like, especially when you first get on it, that you're going, oh, this isn't me. And this is a.
1: But how does it make you feel different? Does it make, does it, it do been, anything? I've been on it, it for such it?
2: a long time. It's hard to remember, but I think, mm. well, the main things were, it kind of, it screws with your libido a little bit. It, de- no. it definitely dulls orgasms, yeah. which is, probably a good thing for a guy in his 20s yeah. um right it also it gives you really wild dreams like you get you can have very very vivid dreams yeah. which at first used to freak me out but now it's just kind of like it's almost like a free movie every night
0: <laughs> with with, with or without
2: subtitles so that you can understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wake up in the morning I'm like i didn't hear half of that dialogue <laughs> Um, right, so it impacts- and then you do yeah. you do sort of just feel uh, like a slightly different version of yourself of yourself. But to be honest, when you're in a real depressive funk or an anxious meltdown, you're also a different version of yourself. you can never bet there is no such thing as as just the default setting you. You're always reacting to something, and you've you're always a version of yourself with whatever inputs you have that day. you've got a full stomach, you've got a head cold. You didn't get enough sleep. You got too much sleep. Everything is a is going to affect your brain. So what you're really doing is choosing how, uh, like, what you want consistently affecting your brain. And for me, it's I'd rather have the this drug that is altering my brain state than to just allow my brain to do what it's doing, which is right. clearly not what not was working properly.
1: No, that's that's really good because you do hear like the libido is, is a real big issue with that particular drug, uh, and then you hear some people that that it generally affects relationships that, that they have to learn how to wean it off, wean themselves off, but then going cold turkey off that drug is 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 supposedly very very challenging. The withdrawals are uh, you know supposedly what I've heard are horrific, so. Um, Is there any thought about in the future? I would imagine that
2: at some point I will probably wean off or I might try a different one. But I've I've gotten to a point now where I no longer look at it as uh, a defeat to be Mm. on it. Mm -hmm. My father's diabetic. Luckily, he doesn't have to take insulin. But if he had to take insulin, it wouldn't be a defeat. It would just be his body needs insulin and he can't make it. Right. Brain can't make uh, serotonin properly or it makes too much so i'm taking that and this is part of where the stigma comes in if i were wearing a hearing aid right now Mm. you would never say to me have you considered weaning off the hearing aid do you think (laughs) there'll be a day where you won't need the hearing aid anymore
0: yeah that's such a good point that's such a great point yeah you're right it's still definitely areas that um i know my own internalized kind of you know stigma around it or whatever needs work on so i'm really appreciative of you sharing all of that and then and, and um yeah and and it's yeah it's it's something that you know i think Thanks a lot of people David. will benefit knowing that this as you said for you as well when you, as soon as you found out the label of it and know what it is it makes you feel less alone and less sort of helpless i suppose so this
2: can i just jump in with one tip by the way if there's any absolutely half deaf people listening yes to only do rook side because i'm assuming you put this out in stereo <laughs> if you if you do have hearing <laughs> loss, uh, Apple and Android have this setting this changed my life it, It's buried in the audio setting somewhere in your phone, but there's a button that says mono audio, and when you click it, it puts everything from two channels down into one. Oh. so I now know what the Beatles songs sound like properly because <laughs> because of this mono audio setting, and if you're listening to a podcast yeah, so- and the hosts are on different mics it is such a benefit to have this setting on A lot of people don't know about it.
0: That's a great thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's old school. It's like, you know, you used to be able to, before anything, you used to be able to choose. You used to either plug it into the amp hmm. and it'd be mono or stereo. Now everyone's just like, it's stereo. So the idea of changing it within the app. So I remember that as a kid getting mm. explained to me Well, and everything and used to be
2: mono was. up until about like 1965 or something. So if you like old, if you're a vinyl record guy, you like old records. You're pretty much fine up until about the mid '60s, and then everything changed. <laughs> and then they went to quadraphonic for a while, which was like four speakers, which is ridiculous. But what's quadraphonic? Anyway. Oh my god! Yeah, no one has. Is that what, is that
0: what you grow in? Plus, in um, <laughs> yeah, that's
2: what you smoke, and it gets you on medication. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: why that's David, what you thank Thanks so off. much for joining us, Made. What would you like to plug uh for our listeners? You've, you're pretty big on TikTok. Yes.
2: Yeah, if you follow me on TikTok, Instagram, everything is uh, at David Rose Comedy. I just made a website called DavidRoseComedy.com so you can nice. go there. Nice. Otherwise, just uh, just keep listening to Fitbet.
0: Oh, well what, well thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Do J, for me on Instagram, movie. and Ben Loomis comic for you, Ben and Fitbit Pod, on our incredibly active yes. Instagram account. Yes. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's coming back David, coming you back. do you want to do an Come internship on. With, uh, running our social media for us please <laughs> uh, and then if you want to
1: support the show, uh, Patreon as always
2: <laughs> and go to Costco oh, if you need your ears so checked yeah,
1: go to Costco uh, thank yeah. you everybody uh, all right. thanks you so much up. David, uh, we'll see you next week guys,
0: that was great mate Bye. thank you so much